FYI, and I don't mean fake news, this podcast contains huge spoilers. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 294 of the podcast that goes snicked. Snicked. <laughs> I'm your host, Jason Venable, and I'm joined once again by the world-famous Excaliburos, Dan and Georgie. Hey guys. What's up, Snicket? <laughs> this is so my time to bump in. <laughs> You're going to bump in? Just bamf around the living room. Um, every every young boy's dream. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, uh, man, we have a hearty, I won't say nice, because I don't know if everything I say is going to be nice. We have a hearty stack of X-Books um, to get through. Um, and we're going to hope that we, just like the team of Exiles and number five, that we will earn our vacation from <laughs> some of these comics mm. at the end of at the end of a grueling mission. <laughs> so um, yeah, and we may no promises because we timed this very poorly, and by we I mean me. Um, <laughs> depending on how the show goes, we may check in and see if we have any uh, SDCC X Men updates, but we'll kind of play that by ear. So no promises at all, but maybe. <laughs> so but yeah, so what's going on with you guys? Just kicking it. Kick it. Yeah, basically. Yep. Which has been awesome. Well, yeah, as as you do. <laughs> <laughs> well, so before we jump into this, maybe just you know, three or four sentences or less. Any other non X comics, you just want to say, "Hey, go read this," because I don't know if we're going to be able to say that about all of these. So I want to start off on a uh, a good recommendation. Go ahead. Danny, have anything? Yeah. I have to say, and I've, I'm happy to announce that I've had nice tweets because I've been singing its praises. But Jessica Jones just dropped digitally. Very um, good. Yeah. I think I think it I think it, it it'll come out um, physically like um, the other series that dropped digitally that I've totally forgotten and is a TV show. I can't remember what its name. I thought Cloak and Dagger. There we go. Um, um, so it dropped digitally this week and it, it was amazing like it just looked gorgeous the colour work the fact that the art, the artist um, just does the colour work and the inking as well and everything in between and the script was brilliant and I just I just generally loved it it's like two parts of a so many part story and I've um, it was announced that they're going to do that with all of the quote unquote defenders from Netflix um and give them all digital series now and have them as seasons and I think uh, the whole Jessica Jones, if it's if any of them are like Jessica Jones they're going to be great and I love having them straight away and I don't have to like worry about and if like going to a comic book shop or anything it's like badoosh and they look great on my tablets as well Nice, so, very good That's I, uh, by Thompson, right? Yep mm-hmm. Awesome I would have to echo Dan's sentiments that book was, was great um not quite on the same level, but really fun and enjoyable is Dan Slott's new Iron Man as well. 
I feel like that's the perfect character for Dan Slott to write. Uh, he can be like snarky and fun and like it's bright and colorful. And I just, it's not like, a, oh my God, this is his best thing ever, but like just fun comic books. Uh, it's, it's two issues now, but it's, it's really fun. Nice. Very cool. Um, I've heard, you, I've heard a lot of good things. Well, <laughs> I was just thinking to myself, uh-oh. <laughs> I asked a question that I didn't prepare an answer for. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, let me let me look at my... <clears throat> grab my stack. Ooh. Which is not a euphemism. So, you know. Um, Jason's yeah, I, so big, he calls it a stack. <laughs> uh, I've been enjoying, of course, Ant-Man and Wasp which has been a visual delight. Yeah. I enjoyed the uh, first issue of Life of Captain Marvel. I thought that was nice and fun. I've not read Jessica Jones yet, but I am looking forward to it. Um, yeah. Um, I'm actually pretty far behind on a lot of stuff. I still need to read the first uh, Spencer Spider-Man and um, some of that stuff. But, uh, yeah, really enjoying um, champions and um, whatever I just said. <laughs> <laughs> ah, this is podcasting gold, X Men gold. <laughs> oh boy, your yep. podcast is better than that book. Let's be fair. I hope so. I hope so. Hi, Dan. <laughs> Oh, what was that? Like a ghost? What happened here? Ghost and Jiminy Cricket. (laughs) 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 I was like, someone small turned up. (laughs) (laughs) She was trying to save him from my own ineptitude. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. All right. Well. I guess we will start off with Exiles number five, um, true to our Excalibur's pedigree here. Um, this is written by Saladin Ahmed, pencils and colors by Javier Rodriguez, inks by Alvaro Lopez, letters by VCs Joe Caramagna, and the wonderful cover by David Marquez and Tamara Bonvien, which I don't remember that name. Um, so I guess she did the colors, I'm assuming, which are really nice. Um, so this cover, which is my current Twitter avatar, is um, the giant Time Eater Galactus head floating in space. And then we have our exiles, including a past Nick Fury, uh, shooting, throwing things, whatever, at the head. What do you guys think of the cover? Um, we really enjoyed it. <laughs> Should I just plug? Just just go listen to Ex- Excaliburs. You'll you'll yeah. find out what we <laughs> what we thought. I'm more interested to see what you thought about it. Very well. Yeah, I loved loved the cover. Um, so basically, this kind of wraps up our first story arc of our Exiles time hopping. Um, they discover that the time unit is really Kang, um, and Iron Lad, of course, has his. Uh, King-related identity crisis that all the King characters have from time to time when they're like, oh, that's me, or is it me, or can I be something else? And then they uh, 
They meet young Nick Fury. Um, the whole time, Wolvie's running around being awesome. Then they meet uh, Exile Sabretooth with a blue ribbon ponytail that he's rocking there. Um, they meet him like an ice on Hoth, I guess. Um, we can say that now that they're all owned by the same people, right? Um, it's officially Hoth. And um, they split up into teams. We get a great thing where we find out. <laughs> and this is how I'm... Tell me if you guys interpreted this differently or not. But the basically little Wolvie's healing factor is just the ability to reanimate anytime anything happens to him. Um, which I thought was wonderful. And the panels of him like popping back into existence after King destroys him and the color work and the animate, like the animated drawing style just works really well. Um, you know, possible title for the episode is no one puts a little wolfie in a fire cage, but, um, (laughs) (laughs) they try to, then there's an army of Kings and it ends up that, uh, Khan sacrifices herself for the team, but they eventually win with an army of blinks. Um, and some other characters like Pirate Misty and Little Magneto. Um, and so they, they, I'm not exactly sure what they do, but basically they just, I guess, outnumber and overrun uh, Universe Eating Kang, and that's how they win. Uh, Wolvie is sad, and uh, Blink decides after a rainy scene that they need to go on vacation, so they go to the Bahamas. And I love little Wolvie, like, in his Hawaiian shirt and, um, uh, what's it called? Yeah, the little beanie with the the propeller on it and riding the Pegasus. And then, you know, we know that's not going to be the end. In fact, we see that the next one with a very different looking cover is going to be the Old West Brotherhood of Evil Mutants, which is a kind of a cool, fun concept. So hopefully it'll execute well, but, um. Just again, and I won't, I won't make y'all repeat yourselves too much. But love the art. Thought it was a nice story. Um, I didn't. I always kind of get a little bit unsure what's happening when people try to beat Kang. But I mean, it seemed fun enough. And um, man, the art's just so good. Rodriguez is is an animal. He's a he's a sexy, sexy beast. And um, yeah, so I, you know, when I read this, I was very much like, yeah, this is definitely five out of six claws, and there's nothing to take away from that, but I don't really remember exactly why I loved it as much as I did, so I'm going to stay with the five. Um, and like Dan alluded to, um, unless y'all have any parting thoughts, uh, definitely go listen to them hash this out in much greater detail on the current episode of Excaliburus. If, uh, if I could just say one thing, yeah. <clears throat> um, I think we really enjoyed the book. That's not too much of a spoiler. And if you do uh, read this book, we recommend you read it a number of times uh, because the, the artwork is very intricate and you'll notice a number of things the more passes you go through. So I would totally recommend looking over the artwork uh, like two or three times. Yeah, definitely. And I would also add too that much like the first issue in the introduction, this finale is also a little more dense in um, the the script, like the writing. Like there's more, I just, frankly, there's more words. 
um, kind of like the first issue had. So it definitely warrants, I think, another pass. Um, just to make sure that you remember and <laughs> know what's going on. Um, but yeah, no, I, I really enjoyed it. I'm loving this book so far. Um, mostly from a visual aspect, but I think the writing's pretty strong as well. I've got breaking news uh, because I've got Twitter open while we're recording. Oh, and, good. Um, I don't know how breaking or new this is, but Return of Wolverine, number one, starting sep- September 2018. And a uh, number of covers have just been uh, posted online. Okay, cool. Um, I know we have the Mac. So McNiven did like a variant for every era, or not every, but multiple eras of Wolverine. So it's basically like the same cover with the same pose, but in different mm-hmm. costumes and or characters. Um, so yeah, I'm sure uh, most of those should be pretty good, depending on your enjoyment level of McNiven's art. But um, The claws trying- are very hot. That You can see in the artwork that <laughs> they are red, they are hot. Who's writing it? Who's doing it? Uh, Charles Soule. And I have not heard what they're keeping under wraps because obviously at some point there's going to be an ongoing. And I don't know if Soule is intending to kind of helm Wolverine for a while or if he's looking at this as kind of the bookend of his death of story. Um, So he did like the death and then all the little things and now he's ending with the return. So I don't know. I don't know how long he'll keep going, but um, it's a five-parter, I believe. Um, Jordan, does it say on there? I was trying to decide, like, if it's going to take five months or if it's going to be like, you know, bi-weekly or something like that. Five months? No, I, I don't know. I, they, it doesn't say. Issues. I've just got okay. images of the colors. Uh, other breaking news. Sobolski has promised that uh, the name change back to X-23 will be addressed in story. Oh, you must have listened to my episode. I know. <laughs> oh, that, that tweet he tweeted. <laughs> the tweet when I was like, there's too much blood. <laughs> that too, yeah. Yeah, awesome. Well, so, yeah. You know, like I alluded to, the Exiles are going to take a, a respite from their... Oh, well, I guess it's worth mentioning in story for them that um, part of the conclusion of the story is that, yeah, they saved the multiverse parentheses for now, but they can't. Part of that victory was precluding them from returning to their homes. So they're still kind of a, a cast of characters out of place and out of time. So their misadventures will definitely continue and we'll kind of see what what multiversal um, missions and or vacations gone wrong they go on next. So, very, very cool. All right, well, so next up, even though there's no Wolverine characters to speak of, I did want to talk a little bit about, um, well, am I echoing for y'all or just me? You did for a second there, but you're, you're fine now. Okay, cool. So, um, Astonishing X-Men got a new writer and creative team with number 13. So, I wanted Georgie to kind of talk some about that. Well, I mean, if we have to, then we have to. (laughs) Uh, You'll know previously that we weren't too hot on Astonishing. With the previous creative team, we we sort of liked the artwork, but the story was kind of 
blah. Um, so this time, um, astonishing X-Men number 13. We've got new creatives. Uh, we've got Matthew Rosenberg as the writer. Greg Land as penciler. Jay Listen as inker. Frank Darmada <laughs> as color artist. And VCs Clayton Cowles as the letterer. And so uh, basically we're, we're following Havoc throughout uh, the story. Um, he's kind of a screw up, uh, which doesn't quite, f- I mean, it kind of feels like Havoc, but uh, not, not so much. He's, he screws up with the Avengers. He screws up with the X-Men. Uh, he goes to visit Beast. Um, and Beast's like, you know, whenever you show up, things, bad things happen and Beast gets attacked. Uh, by the Reavers, um, and then at the end, Beast like uh, lets loose his newest experiment, experiment, which is what looks like um, Zombie Banshee. Um, and end of the story. So uh, artwork wise, I, I feel like this is good land. We're not like overly sexualizing anyone here. Um, it's not super great, but I, I think Grant uh, Land is doing uh, nice work. However, writing wise, this feels pretty blasé um i don't know how you've been feeling about the the new mutants but uh i think dan and and myself are kind of like meh on it and i was sort of bored with with this issue as well um but uh what are your thoughts well so to answer the new mutants question i quit buying it (laughs) (laughs) um not nothing i think is terrible i would just it wasn't enough for me to not wait for it to come unlimited um, so I'm, I'm giving that the old weight. Um, I I agree with you completely, um, and Dan, you can weigh in on this as well. It definitely kind of felt like havoc. <laughs> and a, I don't know, like I guess like how are we going to kind of bring him back into the fold? How are we going to address that? Um, I didn't really like the cover. The cover is kind of havoc's power with the new team none of which is really in the book yet uh kind of coming out of the circles so i thought it was a cool cover um yeah i mean we kind of tackle all the all the misadventures of havoc's recent life from his uncanny avengers stint where he really stepped up as like a big time leader in the marvel universe in general and then um Remender, I think unintentionally did a very big disservice to him <laughs> with the whole Axis thing, um, and then of course he, you know, after Axis stayed full on Two Face villain for a while, and now he's trying to get his footing. But the X Men don't trust him, and yeah, just kind of trying to find his his summer swagger again. Um, I don't mind him being a little kind of mopey but i do at some point hope we kind of get uh havoc to me has always been kind of the fun summer's brother and so i I hope we don't stray too far away from that or spend too much time and we've had i mean ever since axis to have just kind of miserable havoc and i'm kind of done with that (laughs) i don't know what do you think dan so like i have a couple of things that I don't like about it, but it's more like... Res- I don't know. Right, so when you put Avengers in X-Books, I always have issue with how the X-Men are perceived by the Avengers. And it kind of was like... Kind of like Rosen- Rosenberg's New Mutants, where he leans on continuity, but he sort of completely ignores other 
aspects of it so that he could push <laughs> forward his agenda. And it really annoyed me that Iron Man's allowed to talk to like Havoc, who literally led an Avengers team. Let's 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 be honest. Um, like talk, like they all talk to him, and even Captain America's like, "Don't be a superhero." And I'm just thinking to myself, so everyone else is allowed a second chance when they go crazy, eradicate mutants, or whatever. But like poor old Havoc here isn't even like given any help by his old teammates. Like <laughs> generally, is that like is that like the Avengers' mo? He's put his old costume on. He's an X-Men now. We won't deal with him. Um, I don't know. Like, does it? Like, Havoc, Havoc to me has always been like a douche bro. Um, <laughs> okay. Um, I've never been a massive fan of, of, of Alex. That doesn't mean that he can't be in a great series. And it's kind of fun to see him do the misdemeanors. And the bit in the, bit in the class is kind of like hilarious. In a, in a in a sort of awkward way, but I don't know. Beast doesn't sound like Beast, and ending it on <laughs> ending it on Zombie Banshee and everyone else. I just saw loads of people get excited that a new ca- a character's returned, and I was like, did you realize it's a zombie, right? Like he looks like he's dead, like he's not. And is that a bit weird that Beast is in a in a university and on campus he has a secret lab with an undead mutant inside? <laughs> like is that not? Well, where are we going with this? Is this going to be... It just feels like elements just felt weird. Uh, and the whole book was just so... And because it's so... Not even middle of the road. So, so like, wallpaper. So, so sort of beige. That none of the elements that seem like they should be shocking or interesting actually do anything other than, like, sort of maybe a tiny pip. Like, on, on the radar while you're reading it. Because, like, it, it's very much, like, done. And and Land's work here isn't his worst, but it isn't his best, and um, it just it, it it's almost just as bland as as the writing. So I was just kind of like, I suppose it's not Soul. Is all I thought afterwards. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I don't know if that's a compliment or a criticism anymore. All right. Well, I've got more breaking news to sort of step away from that. X Men Black will feature one shots. It's a one shot series of Magneto, Emma Frost, Juggernaut, Mojo, Mystique, and oh, with Apocalypse backups. So that's what that's going to oh. be. Okay. I, it's it's the villain one shots. Yeah. Okay. Uh, X Men <laughs> Black. All right. Back in black. I guess that's why Magneto's taking his turn. Huh? Um, so, yeah, so back to his, uh, what Dan was saying about astonishing. I kind of... Yeah, I don't know. I, I'm trying to decide... <laughs> I, don't, I don't even know if I want to say this because I, I don't want to pile on anybody. Um... I'm trying to decide if I really like Rosenberg and maybe there's just a few titles here and there that I haven't loved what he's doing or if he's tricked me. (laughs) Because the last couple of books I haven't enjoyed as much, but I really enjoyed stuff before that. So, and I don't know. I mean, we definitely, I don't think we can judge his whole arc on on the first issue. But it does seem a little good but not great to me. Um... Um, and I do, uh, again, want to be really careful and kind of tricky, but I feel like he kind of has one voice for his main protagonist. 
and he just kind of adopts that voice to Havoc. Um, and kind of the snarky, yeah, yeah. somewhat, somewhat belittling of themselves, um, but in a fun, funny kind of way. Um, I don't know. I'm sure if you read enough comics, you can probably start saying that about everybody. So I don't want to nitpick that, but I don't. It's, it's, it kind of goes back to what you said, Georgie. It, it kind of feels like havoc. Like it's not such a departure that is wrong or bad or like, oh, he doesn't get it. But it also doesn't feel completely true yet. But I mean, like I said, we'll see where it goes. I guess. Sure. Um, it, it does feel like it's going to be more of a cohesive story maybe i mean yeah be, yeah uh, i'm sure it'll uh, make it won't be the same story twice at least <laughs> hopefully not in two acts act one and act one redo um so uh i uh, am excited to have banshee back in sure. one way or another because i have missed him i don't i'm hoping that maybe this is some kind of prototype the beast is like oh we let him out earlier we need to put him back in the the chemicals or something <laughs> but I don't know, but but I have missed Banshee, so I, I I am looking forward to you know his his return. I guess if if X came back with hair, Banshee's gonna eventually come back bald. Is that is that the trade off? <laughs> Just the sideburns. <laughs> Just the sideburns. Hey, that's kind of hipstery. That could work. <laughs> yeah, so I'm gonna give this like if we're if we're giving ratings, this is like a three. It's like. Or maybe it's a t- like it's not it's not like bad, but as Dan said, it's very wallpapery, beigey. Like I almost have no opinion on it. So a <laughs> three, I guess, is just there. I'm waiting right. for more breaking news. <laughs> I'm I got breaking news. Yeah. Um. So these one shots are going to have different creators. Uh, on each. Uh. So for example, Magneto. Well, I thought I thought Colin Bunn wrote all the X bad guys. Well, the black, <laughs> not this time. Chris Claremont is writing the Magneto. What? No. Yep. Um, I don't know the artist. Delabar Talajic is the artist. Uh, the one that looks interesting to me is Emma Frost. is written by Leah Williams. Who nice. I, uh, okay. yeah. Hello. And uh, the artist is Chris Bacalo, so that could be fun. Oh, yeah. Him, him drawing Emma again could be awesome. Yeah. Um, and for Juggernaut, we have Robbie Thompson and Sean Crystal on the book. That could be interesting. Uh, for Mojo, which I know uh, Jason's going to read because <laughs> he loves it, is uh, Scott Aukerman and Nick Bradshaw. So, okay, well, I love Scott Aukerman. Oh, so I, I love Nick Bradshaw. Did you listen to Comedy Bang Bang or... Uh, as music fans, he also him and Adam Scott have a U two slash R E M podcast where they just kind of oh, dick yeah. around. Yeah, yeah, I just heard about that. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, so I'll give that a shot. Mystique is written by uh, is it Seanan or Seanan McGuire, um, who also didn't didn't they get a book announced as well? They're, they're taking over uh, Spider Gwen, I think, right? And um, um, the art is Marco. Phyla? Huh. Okay. Are they all number ones? Or is it just like... Just, they're just one shot. So it's like Magneto number one, X-Men Black, Juggernaut number one. Yeah. 
Magneto written by Claremont. Mm-hmm. I, I, can't, I can't wait. <laughs> to see what yeah. that happens. <laughs> right. Um, Dan, did you grade in Astonishing? When are you going to? Um, was, uh, two. Okay. Yeah, it feels like a two. I, I'm going to give it three out of six with a caveat that I think I may have enjoyed the art a hair more than you guys, but it's definitely, I guess, in between land. It's not as, it's not gratuitous land, but it's not as good as it was when you kicked off Weapon X. So it's kind of, kind of in between, but I think I skewed a little more towards the positive. Uh, still three out of six, but with you know the hope that it gets better. Oh, I got bigger news. Uh oh, what do you got? Just announced, Uncanny X Men is returning this fall. Aha! Uh-huh. Unfortunately, the team on it is not re- being revealed today. The character team, or the creative team, or both? Uh, I think both. Okay. All right. So thanks for the obvious reveal, Marvel. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> the, Twitter's whole reaction has been, yeah, uh, any details? Is that it? It's, it's just the logo. It's just the logo, and then it says Fall 2018. Well, I, I've heard that X-Men, unfortunately, X-Men Gold is continuing, but it's going to be Storm-driven and about Storm and Asgard. Didn't we get confirmation it was ending? I did, but it's just saying that maybe it's just talking about the last arc then. Well, yeah, maybe. the last, yeah. The last arc is like Storm God War or something. Mm. Yeah. No, but unless they change their mind, they did announce the final issue on Gold is, I think, 37, I think. I think. Something like 30, that. Yeah, 36 or 37. I don't remember. Okay, well, Dan, X Men Red gets a new artist. You want to tell us about this book? Ah, yes, X Men Red. How can we forget the only good one? No, um, that's a joke. x is good as well. <laughs> right, so Tom Taylor um, is joined by new penciler, um, Carmen Carnero, and we've got Rain Burrito as the color artist and VCs Corey Petit as letterer, and the cover is by Travis Terrest, and the cover is gentle, all glowing and big with his lightnings. Yeah, it's pretty nice. It is very much like I feel like all of the the these pieces should be lined up together maybe with as like a team. Ah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because of the way they're all done, but I quite like it. I like the lightning and the dust. There's a lot of dust on covers this week, which makes yeah. me think my my screen <laughs> isn't clean. <laughs> That's funny. Anyway, learn to hate, uh, which is part six of the hate machine. Um, and we start with um, some uh, murder in the room, as we would call Cassandra Nova's origin, which is so weird to call it an origin when she's killed at birth, or nearly killed at birth by her twin brother, Charles Xavier. Uh, I was going to say, we, we, we may need to downgrade that to attempted murder. <laughs> <laughs> but Drop it's just, the charges. It's just, just as long as that remains in the list of Charles Xavier's crimes, I'm fine. <laughs> <laughs> attempted murder of his unborn twin yeah um and so um nova is just monologuing like all good villains do uh talking about what she feels like human uh, human, humanity should react 
to mutants like humans react to mosquitoes, where you just slap them, uh, slap them. You don't slap a mosquito, I suppose you would. Just squish them immediately and um, call, you know, give them no mind. While uh, brain brainwash Forge is working on something, and she talks to a mysterious long-haired dude who's going to help her with her next stage of the plan. And then we have a really interesting sort of backstory with Gentle, um, where sort of he's he's a kid trapped between two worlds essentially and neither world wants him um where he's not really of wakanda uh, but he's also a mutant and his mum isn't particularly the nicest of of um paternal figures and we find out it's a um, gene going into his memories and f- explaining that he his pain when he uses his powers is rooted in that pain as a child which is an interesting idea um, going forward, and of course, um, not specifically Deus Ex, Ex Machina telepathy as usual, um, but sort <laughs> of Jean's going to help him through it, and she's already started. And then there's Gambit talking. Then she talks to Gambit and start storming her astonishingly great costume. That costume is so good. Yes, like, it is. It's my favorite. Um, and we see the construction of um, Sea Reaper as. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. And Gabby is going to get inside Jean's head. Um, while Jean's <laughs> giant... I just keep noticing Jean's giant shoulder plates. Um, yeah. Everywhere. And then we have like the mission, which is they're going to basically get on a plane and sort of find out who is sort of pumping this hate into the world. And so we have on our little mission... Um, Wolverine, Honey Badger, Gambit, because he's the best thief and that's why he's on the mission. Um, the ruggedly handsome Nightcrawler and Trinary. Um, they jump on the on the plate with a good old Bamf, which I love that panel. And Jean decides to use Cerebro for the first time, and we she figures out it's Cassandra Nova. And Nova's all like, "Well, you know, you're not going to beat me because I'm already going to attack you." And Jean tries to warn. Namor, who's just... But I feel like Namor's job isn't the King of Atlantis. It's just lounging as, as like, erotically as he can in any... <laughs> um, I want that on his, uh, on his business card, erotic lounger. <laughs> and anyway, so the mysterious uh, long-haired man is kicked out of the plane, and we find out it's the Abomination, but it's not... It's the... What's his name? Best Kid friend, yeah. Best friend of Bruce Banner. Kid, yeah, oh, I can't remember his name. Um, and he attacks Atlantis with a big old smash, Farouche smash. So yes, and it's all to be continued. It's gonna really bug me until I find out that kid's name now. Like, <laughs> I'm really is it not Kid Abomination? Mm. No, I meant the guy who is the actual. Oh, 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 the person. Is, um, it's 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 it's. it's Bruce's best friend as a the kid that's his best friend and I can't remember his Rick name at all. Jones? Yeah, it's isn't it Rick Jones? It's supposed to be Rick Is Jones, it really? Isn't it? Really? Yeah, I'm sure of it. I'm positive of it. He's he's the kid abomination. Or the younger abomination. Huh. But I know that. It probably isn't now I've said it. But we'll we'll go we'll go I'll go with it. <laughs> so yes. How did you all feel about um, the change of art and the way the story went. 
Jamie Carlson is Kid Abomination. Oh, well, see, I was wrong. Yeah. Boo, Dan, boo. <laughs> Get you out of here. All my opinions avoid. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. Um, so I thought the art was pretty good. Um, actually, I think it's really good. It's not maybe quite as energetic as as Rars, so there's a little bit of a... I don't know. What do you guys think? I, I guess I'll let, let you guys override me if you want. No, I, I feel the same way. It's, it's really nice artwork, but like coming from Azrar, you're like, you're, you're a little bit disappointed because he was, he was on it. He was like meant for the book. And it's like, you know, you, you feel like a real connection to that previous artwork and stepping away it's a little bit of a disappointment just because it's not what you had before, but it's it's. I still enjoyed the artwork uh, quite a lot. I think because um, I really love the shadow work than the um, color work in this book, and I generally think that the art is a hell of a lot more grounded um, in sort of a realism. Like Gentle's face is just a, as a yeah. kid, just, you feel for the poor, poor kid. Like he like that's really well rendered. Um, and like the emotional sort of range of the characters is really well done. Um, I agree that it feels weird. It doesn't. It, it's not like a giant jump. Like it isn't like moving from um, Aswar to I don't know. Um, Virgil Ramos. <laughs> yeah, Virgil Ramos. <laughs> it's, not, it's not like that massive jump. But um, like I feel like they do. They would flow together okay. And like if you're reading it in trade. Right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, and I think they've kept like a specific like the color tones similar and like the ink and style similar, even though it's a completely different set of people. Um, but I get what you're saying. Like it's a little like, mm, but she there's no there's like no actual action here. So I don't know until she start until they start like performing actions. I can't really say if it's like less energetic or cause it's very very much a talking heads issue. Sure. True. True. But, good um, point. So then, then saying that Azra always makes them look really nice. So it's kind of like it's. A, I, know, I agree with Georgie. Azra was kind of like gestated with the book, and it it's like the book is them, um, and so it's interesting and different. Um, but I'm actually really positive. I think it looks really nice, um, and it's it's a different style of X book. To be fair. Yeah, I feel like I'm. Maybe I was a little bit unfair there. I don't dislike the artwork in any way. I still think it's it's quite nice looking, but you know, when you're expecting Azura and you get this, it's just uh you know, disappointing is, is like a, a bad term for it, but um it's just what just where I am emotionally. You know, maybe a couple more issues in I'll I'll be like really on board for this artist, but at the moment I'm just a little bit disappointed. It's fair. I think it's I think it's really good. Like I said, and and Dan makes a fair point. We don't really get action, so it's really hard to sure. to really judge that. Maybe I'm I'm being premature in my assessment. And just I guess to me, it's not quite as full of life. Maybe that's a better way of saying it. But, but I do agree, Dan. You know, it feels consistent. And big ups to the colorist um, Barreto for um, keeping kind of. The tone and, like you said, the palette kind of moving forward, I think it definitely helps. And um, 
yeah, I think everyone's kind of, we'll see where it goes, but I still love the issue was, um, I'm not as familiar with Gentle. Is this new information to his background or just kind of a re reminder of kind of his past or do we know? I feel like it's, I feel like it's new information because I just remember him from the sort of new X-Men kids, the sort of the Academy kids. And like he just popped up as a background character for ages, and then he was in like the last couple of arcs as a main person, and then I think he's been thrown in here and there in different issues. So I think this is a new, like the Wakandan stuff has always been there, but I think this is like a new element. Maybe it's just to get past the whole he hurts himself when he uses his power, right. Right. which kind of like when he's your big tank, kind of like destroys him on the playing field. <laughs> Um, which it it worked in the concept of when it was like the kids and everyone else, like he'd power up and save them, but then he'd be like unconscious afterwards. Like it worked in that sort of playing ground, playground. But here, I feel like because he is the um, colossus, I suppose. I think it's a bit sort of it might be hard to write for. So to find like a, a way out of that is probably what Taylor's trying to do. Which also, in essence, gives him a lot more character. So, right. Yeah, kind of a win-win. Okay. I think it's, it's safe to say this is probably going to stay at the top of our our list for the episode. Um, how much did we love it? Um, I'm going to give it a five overall um, out of six because I think it just trundles along really nicely and I really like the twirling moustache villain <laughs> it just it just feels it feels right for because she's ridiculous so like as a concept so it feels right that she's just ridiculous in general so um yeah i, I enjoyed it yeah yeah i'm, I'm right. about there i'm not quite i mean emotionally i'm not there but intellectually i'm there i feel like i'm gonna <laughs> give it like a like a low five maybe in a couple months i'll, I'll be like a little higher on it but it's it was kind of like it's it's a low five for me. Okay, um, it's a pretty solid five out of six claws for me. Um, I think if the art grows on me, I'll probably be back to giving this book sixes. So we'll kind of see where that goes. But um, it's a very and, I, and you know I think and I think Georgie, you'll I don't want to put words in your mouth. I think you'll probably agree with me. I think some of it is context, you know, um, for this new artist. Let's you know. Definitely very positive. Um, just you know, kind of the comparison factor is what's hurting them a little bit. So, so we'll see. We'll see how it kind of goes. Give her her own space to breathe and make this book what she wants it to be. And I I would expect that it will continue to be really good, and her art will grow on me a little more. And you know, let's see what a, a big fight looks like and, and go from there. So, and we should get that. I mean kid abomination just broke the surface of the water so i imagine he's gonna be pretty uh, destructive the next issue it'll be fun to see yeah. more get into action i think yeah yeah definitely cool well that was x-men red number six i still think definitely we would all say the cream of the crop as far as x-men books go um so i'm gonna talk about X-Men Blue 30 and 31. Um, 30 is the search for Jimmy Hudson conclusion. Uh, written by Colin Bunn. Art by Nathan Stockman. Colors by Matt Mia. Letters by VCs Joe Caramagna. 
and the cover is by R.B. Silva and Rain Barreto. Um, I like the cover. It's uh, a big blue X, and then in front of it we have uh, Jimmy Hudson and Dawkins trying to claw each other. No, it's fine. It's a good cover. Um, so this is the terrible wrap-up from that Poison X story. Uh, Jimmy Hudson still has the last remaining poison in our universe. And Dawkins, either or either not under Magneto's authority, has come to put him down, Old Yeller style, in the X-Men blue team freshly returned to Earth or having nothing to do with it. So they all fight Docking. He eventually runs off. Um, young Gene convinces Jimmy that he can somehow purge the poison himself and he won't be himself, but he won't be the poison. He'll be something else. And then, so he doesn't have to be part of the mess of extermination, he leaves the book. Um, uh, I don't like this poison story at all and this wrap up is not much better Um, I don't really care for the art either on this book which worries me because this is going to be the guy drawing Iceman um, coming up oh is it? oh yeah so and his young Iceman is not no not necessarily my cup of tea, so um, we'll see. And plus, he does the really curvy hooky claws, which bug me. Um, but yeah, I would give this book uh, two out of six claws. Any comments from from you guys? I read it apparently, but <laughs> some of it some of it's familiar, but I generally just don't. Yeah, it's bad. Yeah, yeah. Um, with you, it's a two out of six. I don't want to read it again. <laughs> I'm hoping that he, the artist, did maybe a rushed job on this. Hopefully. Hmm. Oh well. Oh well. Yeah. We'll see. All right. Well, then, um, in issue thirty-one is Kings and Queens Part One. Still written by Colin Bunn. Um, original X-Men Blue artist Jorge Molina returns to the book. Uh, color by Matt Mia again. Lenders VCs Joe Caramagna. And the cover again by Silva and Barreto. And this time we have the X-Men Blue team protecting Emma Frost from a yelling Magneto. What do you guys think of the cover? I think Angel is very cross that he's had his food stolen. <laughs> he looks like he looks like a like a whiny child. <laughs> he looks like a toddler. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't care. But like, <laughs> but like it just it just look. I just I just look at it and go. Mm. Mm. Very well. <laughs> uh, it's 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 fine. I guess it's fine. Um, it's better than the previous cover. Yep. Okay. Well, so basically, we have a flashback of young Jean when she was figuring out whether she wanted to trust Magneto or not. And this was like from issue one or two of this book, right? Where she mm-hmm. went in and, and saw Magneto's past. And then um, now, you know, she finds out that, you know, his past can never get away from him. So we see all the Nazi stuff. And then 
she stops metal arrows or something and cries out her mascara and then um, Polaris meets Havoc I think fresh on his way to start his new X-Men astonishing team um, and they have a little chat about something um, and then Magneto is going after Emma after the Mother Vine incident and his strategy is just to wipe out all the Hellfire Club locations he knows about so that's kind of what he does. The X-Men Blue team come to a site where the police are very mad that the Hellfire Club has been destroyed and everyone was hurt. Um, in case they didn't know, Cyclops finds a twisted fork so he can be like, Oh, Magneto! <laughs> because who else twists forks? Then they find uh, Briar... What's her name? McGillicuddy. She's swimming... <laughs> We, we remember that Magneto hurt her leg, but she still is helping him. And then she tells the X-Men blue team where Emma is. They go stand very staunchly in her living room while she's trying to move. And the angel's like, hey, guess who's here? And it's Magneto. He finally found Emma. So a reckoning is coming. Um, I actually thought this was much better. I feel like if some of this is his fault because this whole Poison X thing was his other story in another book but I feel like there's there's two buns on X-Men Blue there's one with an actual X-Men Blue narrative and there's one who chases X-Men Blue rabbits all over the place and I think when he sticks to his narrative I actually enjoyed the book um, as the case in this issue um you know, continuing kind of Magneto's storyline. You know, it, it feels good. The art was really good. Um, I don't know, guys. Was it, was it enough to kind of bring you back in? Or were you all too done after issue 30 to care? No, this one was much better. This, it, Like you said, it feels more like it's something without all the baggage um, of his other weird Venom obsession. Um <laughs> And the art's really good until, like, the final... Like, there's a, that panel you mentioned where they all look like action figures, like, yeah. that haven't been posed yet. There's a, <laughs> there's a few, like... There's a few, like, um, problems around there, but for the most part, it looks it looks great. Um, I really like the, I keep... I really enjoy the colour work on this book as well. Um, yes. I, I just don't buy this whole... Magneto is so angry with Emma that he's going to murder everything <laughs> in his path to get... Like... I'm like, I know that's sort of Magneto, but I just... Emma, of all of them, <laughs> like... Is this a really long-form way of getting her back into the book properly? Or are we just going to get Emma killed before Uncanny is released? Or no, something? she has a black book coming. Uh, a little black I don't, book. Is she a villain? I don't think she's been a villain. Well, that's the thing. Like, my well, who knows? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, is it real Emma, or is it cackling Wicked Witch of the West Emma oh. from the end of, uh, what story was that? Mother oh, Vine? IVX. No, I- the IVX, IVX story. yeah. yeah. Well, I think the X, at least the X-Men Black book is written by someone who actually loves her as a character. Oh, yeah. And she will probably do her justice, and it might not come across as her being evil. Like, I don't even think Mystique is a villain anymore. No. <laughs> I well, I to be fair, I don't even think Mystique's kind of a character anymore. Um, but like, 
I don't know. It's just it's just weird. This like I just I just can't get behind. Like I like the story. Like it was it was fine as a read, but I just my head just can't get behind this whole. I'm just going to murder tons of people because it's the Hellfire Club. And why not just go kill loads of young mutants? Then she used to be a headmistress for like most of her time. So like why why not do it that way? Like her being part of the Hellfire Club is so wishy washy. I don't know. It just, it, it just feels like murder for the sake of murder. I suppose that is Magneto. That's my well, my issue with all this as well. Is we've had Magneto be so. I mean, this goes back a number of years to when Bun was writing the solo book, right? And we had a Magneto who was like vengeful, but also wasn't just like hurting anyone he could to like accomplish his goals, right? And then he's he's fostering the X Men for a little bit, and so you feel like they bring Magneto back to a point that we've seen him at a number of times where he's like on the, the side of good, at least slightly. And now with, with blue coming to an end, I feel like Bunsman asked to take Magneto back to like default status. The dark side. Yeah. Right. So he's got to go crazy and he's got to like murder everybody and the X-Men have to try and stop him because that's default Magneto. Um, so that was, that, that's kind of like disappointing for me, but artwork wise, I, I think you guys uh, hit the nail on the head. The, it's great artwork, especially the color work, uh, much better than than issue thirty. But it's just like uh, suddenly Magneto's losing it. So I guess we're doing that story again. Right. I mean, every five years. If you well, remember Magneto has turned into a baby. So if you look at him as kind of like an overgrown baby man child, um, it would kind of make sense because. Think of it like, I'm giving this way too much subtext and credit than the book actually has. But just just follow me here for a second. Assume you have like a, a kid, maybe like a four or five year old. And they've, they haven't really accomplished much. And they've, they've gone to the trouble of building like this fantastic like piece of Lego something, right? And they're like, oh, feeling great. I'm a good kid and I'm doing stuff and having fun. And then someone pushes them over and they fall and they crush all their Legos. Kind of like when, when Magneto had to kill the young mutants in that Mother of Iron story. Then you kind of look at, well, I built all this, but for what? And I'm going to throw a tantrum about it. I kind of feel like this is Magneto throwing a tantrum. Um, yes, but the, you know, the final child tantrum isn't a murder spree. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> that's what you're trying to well. say. Like, down everyone that's such the Legos just in case they right. catch them. it's actually <laughs> illogical like murdering murdering everyone that's possibly tangentially involved with Emma Foster to bring up she's the type of woman that wouldn't give a shit that you've killed right. every single Hellfire Club she's like literally <laughs> cut her ties with that organisation about a million times it right. just it's the logical steps for it it's like <laughs> you know what I mean it's just it just seems yeah, a bit I, I hear you. much over. So you know you've got a movie on your hands with murder baby tantrum. So that's <laughs> definitely that's a, that's a movie pitch waiting to happen. There you but. go. <laughs> I also don't. I'm not sure if this Cyclops is at the battle-hardened maturity because the last time he spoke with Emma. It was they're just gonna we're gonna have our reckoning. And now he's like, Well I understand I understand him like agreeing to protect her because he thinks murder's wrong. I mean he's awfully like calm and not argumentative at all. 
when they see MS. So, I, mean, I don't know, maybe Cena just kind of made him shut down or something. I don't know, but... Oh, we just forgotten. <laughs> oh, right. Right. Um, yeah. I have a question for you, actually, Jason. As soon as you read Champions, do you think Cyclops should have just stayed in Champions and never yeah. come back to them? Agreed, yes. yeah, yeah. Totally, totally. I agree, totally. With, you. I agree with you, Ron. Because <laughs> um, I just don't think he's... And this is a perfect example. Like, he left the team, or was on, you know, for a little while, because of everything that's happened, and then he's like, Kabun's brought him back, and he just stood there. When he should be the one having the major talk with Emma, we have Teen Jean. I know these kids are going to get, what, jettisoned back into the past at some point, or exterminated, or whatever is going to happen later on right. this year. But it's like, I don't know, maybe, maybe it's, it's like Georgie says, everything's getting pushed back to, like, uh, default status. Maybe it's just, like, turning all the wheels back to, so it's just, get it out there, get it finished. No more sort of bullshit bells and whistles. Just get to the end. Right. Okay, when you guys are going to grade X Men Blue number 31? Three, because the art's quite good. And it wasn't okay. horrendous. Seconded. Okay, I'm, I'm going to go a hair higher. I'm going to go ahead and give it four. Um,. I think because of the context of everything we're reading, because um, I liked it more than Astonishing, and obviously not as much as Red. <laughs> right, so right. I feel like I feel like just sandwiching it between those two is probably the best place. And plus, I read these. I read this whole stack like in one sitting. So oh, right. <laughs> to go from from issue thirty, it, this was such a relief right. that I think it probably <laughs> flavored, flavored that a little bit. So. Sure, All right, sure. so I know we're going a little, a little long. Um, we'll kind of go rapid fire. Um, sure. So gold, 31 and 32. Um, I like the addition of Pere Perez from the Rogue and Gamut miniseries on art. And I actually think in gold, 31, I know, George, you said you didn't read this, but that first, or no, it's not the first scene. It's after the first scene when we first go backwards. And of Colossus leaving, I actually think that's a pretty good couple of pages. Um, Did he leave the team? Uh, I guess that's to be seen. Um, he says he is. He says, like, I'm out of here. Like, I can't. I understand. I don't hate you, but I can't do this right now kind of thing. Um, you know, I'm being jilted at the altar. Mm -hmm. And so it's actually a pretty nice little one, two... Three and a half pages. That is definitely the best part of either of these issues. The rest of it with Rachel dealing with um, uh, X-Men Brainiac. What's his name? Um, Mesmero. Mesmero, yeah. Um, or, sorry. If it's Magneto, it's got to be Mesmero, right? Um, <laughs> and her, like, misinterpreting her surroundings as Days of Future Past and trying to butt-kick everybody... Um, and then uh, Iceman hooking up with new Pyro, uh, all that Aww. stuff. Kind of don't care for, but but there is like a three-page highlight reel <laughs> of Colossus and Kitty actually somewhat resolving what's going on. And then of course Storm, we have some more with her hammer. 
Um, and then, yeah, I don't know. That's about it. Any, any, I know Georgie skipped out. Any thoughts, Dan? I like the art. Um, I'm bored of Rachel, this yeah. mega omnipath, omnipath, telepath style, like Omega level mutant getting taken down by some little dude that can mind twist you. Like, isn't she strong enough now to stop this from ever happening? Um, I agree with you that the Colossus thing is actually quite it, bizarrely good writing after yeah. 30-odd years. Um, <laughs> but if that's the setup for why he leaves, I was like, I'm, I'm down with that. That's actually weird. Uh, but then obviously Guggenheim gives and then takes us straight away um, by giving me um, <laughs> what I already predicted, which was, is, is oh, that guy's going to sleep with Iceman because that's the only way gay people work. Um, <laughs> I want to ask you that, Dan. When there are like more than one gay people around each other, do you just like immediately start dating? Is there like a? Yeah. That's how it works. <laughs> because I, I, I'm sure I said on this podcast, or I said to someone, like one of you two, that I bet you, I know, I, I would hate the idea that it's py- like Pyro is going to be, just because that, because of the way he set him up as, oh, you can be part of the team. Be my friend. I'm like, oh, this is how straight people write gay people all the time. <laughs> all, that's, all I kept, that's all I kept thinking. I was like, that's all I kept thinking every time I was reading. I was like, this is this is the setup that a straight man is making of a gay couple. They can't just like randomly magically meet, or it can't just be just anyone. It just they have to make this weird. They have to be friends first, then they have to have a bromance, and now they're and now they're sleeping with each other. But you you know you can't have like any of the not like any actual normal human interaction. But yeah. Um, Surprisingly, not too bad because the art is really nice because it's um, yeah. Perez and I really like the picture. I despise um, for Storm because conceptually it just doesn't. I just don't. It makes my nose bleed. But um, <laughs> I love that panel where she like summons summons the hammer because um, she and because the way um, Perez draws clothing, like it's like the clothing's like hanging off the characters and stuff. I I really like. I really appreciate like the small details. Because um, usually clothing just looks like it's been painted on them, right. um, and I, I like like the texture and the feel of the art. So I'd actually give these books on artistical learn like two stars each at least. Um, not the writing, <laughs> just not the writing. <laughs> right. So, so Dan, let me ask you: Do you think had the wedding issue had just like one panel of? Pyro getting tipsy at the wedding and a little flirtation with with Bobby like at the wedding and then you just chalk it up to like oh well stuff happens at weddings when people have open bars would that have made it better or would it still just be shitty um as long as as long as Iceman was drunk as well because then because there's that narrative of like the gay guy taking advantage of the straight guy who's drunk and no one wants that in oh true right <laughs> If they were drunk and they sort of flirted, if there was, uh, to be honest, if there was any flirtation before <laughs> this scene, right? Um, other than we're friends now, we are friends because you are fire and I am ice. Therefore, yes. we do not compliment each other. <laughs> we must be with each other. You know that uh, anything other than that would have been perfect. Like even if like I don't know, um, Bobby said he was cute, or the other way round, or you know, like the like the boys and the girls doing these books. You know, like right. they do. Yeah. Any of that would have been lovely, but no, it's just we have slept together, and therefore yeah. we are a couple. And because you're fire and I. Well, rather than come with though, because I kind of feel like the the part that did ring true to me 
was Iceman being, you know, kind of the silly, but also just a really nice guy. And kind of waking up in this situation where, oh, wait, I don't normally do this kind of one-night stand thing, but this guy really likes me, and kind of figuring out, like, what to do with that. So he kind of lets him hang around, and he doesn't want to be mean and, like, cut it off right away. And that, that part kind of felt like Bobby to me. So I don't know. I mean, I, I think that's trying to find a nugget of gold in the turd, but still. Um. <laughs> I think it's more the situation that's annoyed me rather than, like, the aftermath. Because, like, the aftermath of it is, is fine, but it feels like, oh, we're both together. Oh, we're going right. to we're going to fight side by side now and then like <laughs> so like it, it's just going to be then because i don't think Guggenheim's going to give the the same I, he might do but i doubt he's going to give the same focus as he fucking hammered that nail home with kitty and clothes and pulled the rug under everyone that actually wanted to get it over with um right you know i don't think he's i don't think we're going to get that at all i don't uh, it'd be nice to get like the rogan gambit stuff but yeah. i feel like that was written by someone else um, oh, definitely. Uh, yeah, a better writer. <laughs> yeah. What, you know what I would love to see, though? And I agree with you, we're not going to get it because it won't, A, won't get the attention, and B, I don't think King and I would do this. But I would love to see them where, like, um, you remember the old, like, was it Looney Tunes or Tom and Jerry? With, like, you know, the big dog and the little yappy dog that's, like, won't leave his side. Like, I would love for Ice, like, Cairo to be, like, just really crush hard on Iceman and be annoying, like, the annoying guy that won't leave. And Iceman just kind of like, uh. <laughs> like, that to me would be really fun. I don't think we're going to get that. I would have fed him. I don't know. It just, it just echoes to me because I just see it all the time. It just echoes, of, like I said before, like a straight guy just trying to. Uh, yeah. Um, but I'm glad that one thing I can say is I'm glad that he's actually had sex. <laughs> even if it, even if it wasn't like I know like he, he didn't he, he probably in the in the in his own series series he got like a lot of sort of he definitely got his end away with his his boyfriend at the time but like it was nice to see them un semi un like semi naked and like this thing happened people um, right. that was like that is also a, a nice golden nugget out of like the situation that happened so. See, like I said, he takes and he gives. Just depends yeah. on how he, when she wants to take and give. <laughs> <laughs> I think, but don't, Dan, don't you think though, and Georgia, you too, um, that when subtlety is not in your toolbox, you're gonna kind of always be a give and take writer. <laughs> yes. Oh man. <laughs> Everything's a sledgehammer. Oh, right. <laughs> All right. Very good. <laughs> Okay, well, um, so Multiple Man also came out. Um, this was Rosenberg's other book, and I did want to say, uh, I don't know who Andy McDonald is, but I quite enjoyed his art. What do you guys think of this, uh, this Multiple Man book? Uh, yes. Writing, no. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I I was trying to be short. There you go. There you go. Yeah, I mean, Dan took the words right out of my mouth. I was even more bored by this than I was by Astonishing in terms of story. Uh, I don't feel like like Rosenberg is able to have different voices for different people. It just all feels like the same person talking. 
Um, it should work for multiple man, right? <laughs> no. Well, it's not just multiple man. I mean, like every character. No, I'm just in the saying, story, if you yeah. have multiple with the same guy, they don't have to have different voices. <laughs> is this why? Is it so? Why magic doesn't really have much dialogue in in New Mutants because he it, it would she would just sound like Havoc and multiple man, <laughs> probably. Um, but kind of yeah. like Victor and Strong Guy do. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, you know, I agree with you guys. The artwork was uh, definitely the highlight of that book. Um, I, I'm not interested in continuing on the book at all uh, after reading that story, but uh, the artwork was interesting. Yeah, yeah, I enjoyed it quite a bit. Do we know? Have y'all ever read his art before that you're aware of? No, that was the first time, to be honest. Yeah, me too. Okay. I don't know if he's one of those guys, one of those gems I just hadn't discovered, like he had some image work or something, but. Yeah, no, I really, really enjoyed the art, and I, I don't, yeah, it wasn't even really a story. I'm not even sure. I, yeah, like I said, I don't want to, I don't want to bag on anybody, so let's let that go. But um, yeah, I thought the art was really good. Uh, the cover by Marcus Martin also very nice. Yeah, yes. I like the cover. Yeah, totally. Okay, any other thoughts on that before we move on to Domino? No. Okay. All right. Well, Domino 4 also came out. We get some more of the new backstory for Domino. I am still just loving this book visually. Um, and we kind of even get some background on like, the Topaz character and the, I guess, the unlucky boy. <laughs> um, as we find out that they're inextricably linked somehow. Um and then she chain, tries to train with uh, Shang-Chi, who she has a massive crush on. And then the idea of Damon, uh, not Damon, but Diamondback and um, Inez trying to track her down, even though she doesn't want him to. Like, I don't know if, I feel like another good issue in a, in a pretty solid, strong book. What do you guys think? I love this book. I feel like the artwork is outstanding. I love the voice. Uh, of um, who's writing this again? Uh, Gail Simone. Yeah, I think she's a, a great choice for this book. Uh, the sort of recon of the of history is sort of I could take it or leave it. I'm just enjoying being around Domino written this way and uh, just a, a great issue. Yeah, I, lo- I loved it. And the Domino Shang-Chi stuff is just gold. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is really is and I, I i generally think it just looks great so yep yeah baldion is uh he's rising up the ranks pretty good he's like i don't know there's there's a touch of of some of ramos's stylized mm-hmm. to it but i think it's it's cleaner and therefore a little bit i won't say better more to my liking maybe is the right way to say it um because it's kind of like a mix of that really stylized, but there's also some classicism to what he's doing. And then, I don't know, just the the colors really pop on this book as well. So I, I'm really enjoying it. I, I agree. There's a, a bit of Ramos in there. I think Ramos over-exaggerates to the point that it can be annoying. Right. Uh, but but here, he, he dials it back, I don't know, 20% or whatever. And you really... <laughs> what it allows him to do is really, you know almost like in an anime sort of way, give you great expressions on the face without mm-hmm. overdoing everything else. Right, yeah. 
Yeah, no, I, I, awesome book. Really loving it. Um, so, so glad that it is going strong. Very cool. Any other hot news items coming across the the, the ticker tape? Last thing I saw um, was that uh, Sabolsky said that originally Kitty and Colossus ha- were planned to be married, but that that story changed. You know, halfway through writing it. Because okay. he, he came on board. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. No Very good. <laughs> you have to go back to Japan. And everyone, everyone's going to go back to Japan. Back to Japan. Um, are either of you reading um, Infinity Countdown? N- not really. I- I, I have. Um, I actually didn't mind it, but I was kind of like, bum. I know it's all like connected to the other one, but when it ended with like the, the cliffhanger, it ended with, I was like, what's the, what was the, what was the point? <laughs> like, generally, <laughs> it not have just been five issues less. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. So we're referring to uh, Infinity Countdown number five does have some very very slight Wolverine appearances. Um, you know, Gary Dugan, um, so Aaron Cooner and Mike Hawthorne, Mike Hawthorne is that Deadpool guy, right? Didn't he do Deadpool for a while? Or am I thinking, I don't know. Um, but Jordy Bellard, Jordy Bellard's colors are really nice. But basically, he just kind of wraps up all the Infinity Stones together, and oh, shocker, Thanos is going to want some of that action. Um, <laughs> I do, so does, do you think Hank Pym is like, Dead. Temporarily gone, because he goes, he dies, he goes to the soul world, and then gets eaten by a a dream squid spider. Um, I wouldn't mind if he's just permanently erased for a little yeah. while, because there's no what's the outside of what he's done. What's the point of him anymore as a right. character? <laughs> unless yeah. someone comes, unless someone comes out with like a really great idea to have like the seventh most intelligent or eighth most intelligent person <laughs> in the world, um, who has size-changing abilities like every other schmuck around the world, right? Um, you know, he'll he'll to me he'll forever be the creator of Ultron, and I know he's been forgiven, but a wife beater. So, um, yeah, unless they just make him Michael Douglas. <laughs> right, maybe maybe he comes out of the the Soul Stone with a completely different personality. Well, they have synergized um, Carol Danvers's hair. Um, I saw I saw you tweet about that. I think that was you. Um, <laughs> yeah. I know I didn't obsess I, I didn't obsess over her hair as much. I was like, why is it? Because it makes sense in the story. It totally makes sense in the story. I was just like, hmm. <laughs> Coincidence, um, right? But that, yeah, no, that that Captain Marvel book was really like beautiful um, art, like classic art. Yeah, that yeah, was it, nice. It, and Patio. So yeah, I really, I really like Stoll's take on Carol. I don't know how much y'all read of her last kind of volume, but I really enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not. I'm not overall I agree with you it kind of ends in the obvious place but I thought Infinity Countdown was a pretty enjoyable little ride of watching the stones kind of change hands and I mean it was, it was basically like 
a Guardians Plus story. <laughs> right, um, right. You know, kind of after Guardians ended, they kind of switched to this and then just brought in the other characters as needed. So, but I that was a fun little ride, and I'm pretty excited about, about Infinity. I know it's you know probably going to tie into like what's going on you know in the, in the movie verse and stuff like that. But I'm you, down. You, are you sad? I know this is a stupid question to ask the person who makes a Wolverine podcast. But are you sad that the the stone changed hands and and it could have just been Wolverine as it was sort of advertised completely that it was? Actually, no. I, I love the fact that he left it in her toilet. Um, <laughs> and I think I think it, it really story wise makes sense with what Black Widow's trying to do with it. So so I felt like if anything it was kind of she never yeah. died. Oh, oh, did you, did you she, not read Tales of Suspense, Georgie? I thought she died in um in Civil War. No, no, uh, Civil War. No, Evil, Civil Evil War. Cap. Yeah, Evil yeah, Cap. Yeah, yeah, not Nazi Cap. Secret Empire. Yeah. Secret Empire. Yeah, yeah. No, um, yeah, Georgie, I would highly recommend reading. Uh, it's only like four or five issues. The Tales of Suspense that actually that Rosenberg did and did really well. <laughs> so okay. apparently he, he can write Hawkeye and Bucky really good. Um, <laughs> maybe, maybe he's one of those guys that that maybe like Soul who does a single character really well, but team books just don't work for him. Yeah, I don't know. Right. can multiply. <laughs> <laughs> right. There may just be. I mean, maybe I'm the one. Maybe I'm being too picky. Maybe I. The voices that his voice agrees with, I enjoy, and the voices that I don't yeah, think. Like we're three, we're three very different people, and we've all come to the same similar <laughs> conclusion. True. True. Well, if we're we're three very similar people, I guess we have to hook up. <laughs> A different type of sauce. An X Men Gold. We'll be we'll be X Men, X Men Gold Plus. Gold Plus. <laughs> The, uh, the 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 book would be like middle aged X Men plus. <laughs> don't you have a healing factor to slow down your age? Nope. Uh, don't you have like a super metabolism to cut down that beer gut? Nope. Um. <laughs> don't you have special mutant birth control? <laughs> nope. <laughs> yeah, it'll be me. Uh, so anyway, I feel like we're casting Tim Allen. In this oh part. God. No, stop. <laughs> stop. Oh, uh, fair listeners, I will leave you with that. <laughs> uh, before we go, I just want to say um, I really liked your, your coverage of uh, the new uh, X-23 series. Oh, yes, and I told you to remind me that I wanted to get a few thoughts from you guys. So thank you for bringing that up. Yeah, I, I really liked the series. Um, I, the artwork was great. Uh, I agree with you. I love the artwork. Um, I don't really like the name change back to X23, uh, so that was kind of disappointing. But I love the like the parallels between um, the main two characters and the Cuckoos. So I'm interested to see see where that goes. It's an interesting start, and it feels like a nice continuation from the previous book. Yeah, I, it definitely feels connected, which I really enjoyed and was a little bit worried about. So. Dan, what do you think of X-23, number one? I really enjoyed it. Um, any book that decides to actually give some 
um, spotlight time to the Cuckoos has my vote because they are such a great concept, but I've never been when they're they've had choppy waters. Let's say that when they've been explored, <laughs> right? And this one looks really interesting. This is a really interesting idea, and like George said, the parallels between the two um, groups of clones was really fun, and I just I adored Gabby's um, uh, exchange with them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Their fist bump just... moment was wonderful. Yes, it, it was. And the art was just... I, um, I showed Ian, uh, who famously doesn't read much, um, a few pages, and so he is, he's put it on his pad to read, just from the art alone. Nice. So that's how good, that's how good the art is, because he hates reading comic books. So. <laughs> <laughs> I love when that's Abby funny. does like those weird fingers, like, you guys look like a creepy choir. And yes, they yeah. All, they all answer, we know. Like, the, the, that was their goal. I love that. I, lo- I, love, I love the fact that they've got that uniform, like that new uniform, and they've gone back <laughs> to the old hairstyles. I was like, because I, I, when people have, like, sort of explored them in a better way than, oh, they host the Phoenix Force, or they're clones of Emma Frost, um, when they explore them, like, trying to have their own individuality and whether they should be a hive mind and stuff, I always find that really fascinating because I find them as a concept fascinating. It's just, I'm hoping this is the book that really opens it up for, you know, really minds it for what it should be worth rather than, like, kill them. Sure. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah, hopefully so. So, very cool. All right. Well, um, I know we talked about it a little bit at the beginning, but why don't you guys um, expound a little more on where people can listen to you at Excaliburs? Everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> just We're to, honestly, just, yeah, just type type into uh, Google. A good way, a really easy way to find us is on Twitter. So Excalibur is one, and we have the link to the Podbean there. Uh, one iTunes, uh, Stitcher. I'm sure we're probably everywhere else as well by now. Yep. So we're out. We should it. have a new new episode out probably roughly around the same time as this. Uh, we go really into detail on the new Exiles book, um, and we if you didn't read. If you missed out on the 1988 Excalibur book, you should really just follow along on uh, Marvel Unlimited and just read along with us because that book is so much fun and the artwork is is quite intricate and amazing and, and it's just like a really enjoyable read. So, uh, yeah, look out for, for a new episode coming probably in, in, as I mentioned, about the same time this episode drops. Yeah. I know y'all have a little ways. I'm really interested to see... If your excitement continues through um, the cross time capers, so <laughs> I, that is is I, is I, pretty I, good, but really, really long. <laughs> it so. is super long, and it's kind of crazy. But yeah. I'm I've I've loved it each time I've read it. So well, good, good deal. Have you ever read it before, Georgie? I can't remember if if all that book is new to you or just some of it. Just some of it, but I have not read that part, so that'll be fun. Okay, cool. Awesome. <laughs> and I, I wanted to say that we, we just started the um, Inferno uh, crossover event. Ah, okay. And I, I remember you, you reading and tweeting about this, I don't know, maybe about a year ago. Uh, and I just wanted to, to quickly get your thoughts on the event as a whole. What did okay. you think of, of Inferno? Um, so as a whole, as a kid, I hated it. Um. I didn't 
care for Limbo, and I thought the demons were cheesy, and I don't, I don't know. It was, it was too, too comic booky in the wrong way for me as, as a, as a preteen and teenager. Um, reading it this time, uh, if you read the whole, like, if you go to like the complete Marvel reading order and read the whole event, it is chock full of up and downs. But the event as a whole, particularly focusing on the X-Men and X-Men related story beats, I actually quite enjoyed, I think, a lot more than than I remembered and, and definitely a lot more than I expected to. So um, I'm not going to say it's like a timeless classic because there's definitely parts of it that feel dated and of its time. But, but overall, uh, I enjoyed it and there's some... It's kind of the. It's kind of funny because it kind of has the same event mentality that you see now, where some of the tie-ins are very, very close to the story, and some are like, "What does that really count?" <laughs> you know. And so, um, so you have some of that. But no, overall, I thought I thought it was fun, and I like the idea of and actually attempting to do something with Madeline Pryor. Um, in all honesty, kind of wish her character just kind of stayed. At the conclusion of Inferno and and going back to like Goblin Queen. Now, I've never read this is, is kind of on my X-Men list of shame. I've never read X-Men. And so that's the one with Havoc, right? Where he goes back to the Inferno verse. Uh, mutant, mutant X. Mutant X. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah X-Men is something else. That's that cable Nate Gray thing, right? Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah, okay. So I've never read Mutant X. So I'm, I'm hoping that that, that when I get to, it will be on Marvel Unlimited, and I can check that out. But other than the possibility of that being good, I would kind of just prefer that, like, any modern day takes on the Goblin Queen and stuff like that didn't really exist. But but taking Inferno as one piece when it came out, I think it's pretty good overall. Cool. So. Good, to, good to have some thoughts on the, on the event overall, because. Um, uh, the Excaliburs uh, t- <laughs> have some interesting things happen to them through that event. Yeah, and then the first time that Rachel kind of discovers baby Nate or Nathan Christopher O'Reilly shenanigan Summers, um, and then yeah, isn't, isn't that the first time that like he kind of inadvertently like side screams at her or something yeah she, he does scream at her and, and she, yeah. she flies off to help yeah okay cool I was thinking that's when that was so awesome well um so you can find Excalibros at Excalibros 1 and I would heartily recommend their show it's a lot of fun to listen to and it's been fun for me because y'all are I'm a little bit ahead of y'all on Excalibur, but I'm reading The Exiles for the first time, and so, like the original. And so I've actually been, like, waiting and reading as your episodes come out, and it's been really cool to, like, read and then immediately listen to the thoughts, which I think is a good way to listen to comic book podcasts if you're given that opportunity. You know, it doesn't always line up with everyone's reading projects, but it's a it's an optimal way to enjoy the show, so... Agreed. So definitely. definitely, the next yeah. Exiles book is uh, an interesting one as well. Um, the oh, the cool. 2001 book. So 
Uh, interested to hear your thoughts, Jason. I, I love when, when you tweet at us uh, after, you, <laughs> after you're reading through. So I can't help myself. But um, yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, um, for the podcast that goes snicked, of course, uh, Twitter is at snickcast. Um, please like the Facebook page if you're so inclined. Um, other podcasts tell you to leave iTunes reviews, so I guess I should too. <laughs> I've, been, I've been noticing listening to all the other shows that I'm the only person that doesn't constantly harp on that. So there you go. Go do that if you want to. Um, <laughs> then um, show notes and stuff are uh, snickcast.podbean.com. And just once again, to say how much fun it is to, to get together with Georgie and Dan and just uh, shoot the snicked. So I really appreciate it, guys. <laughs> It's so much fun. Uh, we appreciate it so much. Yeah. Really, thank you for letting us uh, moan about X-Men Gold. <laughs> you know, one yeah, of these I mean, times, I'd love to get Denise on as well, just to hear her thoughts on some of these books. Uh, like, uh, randomly drop her in on like X-Men Gold and hear what she has to say, because I think that would be hilarious. I don't know if I can make her read it, but I, we can try. <laughs> I've, she's pretty much only reading uh, Laura right now. <laughs> so The only way to be, to be fair. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, it would be interesting to make her... I'll make her read like the last... Ooh, maybe she can read like the last issue of both. With no context. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Say, hey, what do you think about this? <laughs> and then... You guys are need to be prepared for like a twenty-minute bitch fest. <laughs> <laughs> awesome, especially if uh, she's still pregnant when the books end. Which twenty, I'm, twenty-minute bitch they, fest or a twenty-minute giggle fest, either way. Or either one, yeah, either one. <laughs> oh man, awesome. Well, speaking of her, she is home. I need help with the groceries, so um. Okay. Why don't we wrap this episode up and we will do it again soon. Alrighty. Thanks so much. Alright, well thanks everybody Bye. and till next time, hugs and snicks. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye. And snacked. <laughs>